if we keep playing and fighting for each other, and no matter what happens, we just say, what's next? That's all we do. Somebody turn on some damn You're listening to The Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech. Betting on the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need. Money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit, Ethan? That'll be the day. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro. The Money Line Matadors, the Casino Cowboys, the Parlay Picadors. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns and those who dig. You dig. With the Gambling Gauchos. Oh, and one more thing. It's all West Texas. It always has been. Welcome in. It's the Gambling Gauchos. I'm Rob Rowe. He's Kyle Jacobson. Live in the Cardinal Sports Center studio. If you need to gear up for anything sports related, Texas Tech or otherwise, hit up Cardinal Sports Center online, mycardinalsports.com, or in person in Lubbock, Texas, or Plano. Need to get you a sweet uh, gambling gauchos hat like this. If you're on the video stream, if you're not, then uh, just imagine a gambling gauchos hat. We are live on our second home, a home we love, really. Our first is this our first home or second home? What would you call it? Well, since we're always in the Cardinal Sports Center studio, I guess it's our first home. Well, but uh, on the podcast feed, the second home of the podcast feed. Oh, see, I was the Republic I totally of Football. Knew what you meant. I was just, you know, I'm so loyal to our sponsors. I was, uh, yeah, no, d- different podcast feed. Yeah, uh, round two here on the uh, Republic of Football Network with Dave Campbell's. Uh, I feel like we were. I know that uh, Craven and Tepper are going to listen to this, and we did not rehearse the uh, shout out thing we we're supposed to do. The promo. So we'll get that a little more polished up for next episode. Yeah, we need to get the promo in. Well, that'll be uh, something we record. We're going to have to do we'll, – we'll, we'll produce that legitimately. Yeah. you have any ideas on that? Um, No. You want to uh, lay, lay down transparency, some – haven't had a ton of time to look at it. Um, I have, I have a, a real job in real life, and sometimes that <laughs> – Takes more time than I would like it to from yep. my my secondary job of being a podcast host. Um, so yeah, no, we'll we'll figure out something fun for that. Maybe just like uh You can listen to the gambling gauchos. Just thirty seconds of that. Need, yeah, we need the air horn. I think you and I mentioned that we've we've underutilized the soundboard recently, yeah. so we need more air horn and dog and cha-ching and all that good stuff do you hate the gambling gauchos you're not that guy pal trust me you're not that guy there you go something like that that's what 
I think Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson were telling Tom Izzo a couple hours ago. Dog. Yeah. Yeah, after that uh, ankle injury, that, that, uh, the cats were toast. Put him on his back. Dude, how about Kansas State? Picked 10th in their conference, and they're one of the last eight standing in the entire country, and all they did to get there was beat Kentucky and Michigan State, which I know six seed, seven seed, but it's still Kentucky and Michigan State. They have every single conceivable advantage over a program like Kansas State. Their head coaches have coached 500 career NCAA tournament games. Jerome Tang is in year one. They've got facilities, the money, the recruiting, the NIL, and all Jerome Tang does in year one is just, oh, yeah, we'll just blow right past you to the Elite Eight. No big deal. And then our boy Patrick Mahomes. It's true. Recognizing uh, Noel goat to goat there after the game. That was awesome. That would adjust my camera. Like, underrated part of Mahomes going to Kansas City is, of course, one giant Big 12 fan base, Texas Tech, is pulling for him. But most Jayhawks and Kansas State Wildcats that I know are Chiefs fans. So we've got like 30% of the current Big 12 pulling for Mahomes on NFL Sundays. It's pretty awesome. I know you like the bit of the, uh, the handshake gif. All reliable. Yeah, that's good for about 150 likes every single NFL Sunday. So, well, I would say week um, week one through five, maybe 350. And then maybe week six through 12, maybe 200. And then into the playoffs, maybe 150. And then back up as you go along in the playoffs. Back to the Super Bowl where it's up around 350 again. I could look if we're curious enough. Just there was to... a noticeable... <laughs> A noticeable drop as the season went on. Yeah, I will say, though, nobody ever called us out. Like, hey, guys, you posted this 14 times already this year. They yeah, just, no. like, roll with it and, like, whatever. You've, you've been called out for bits before. I, I think you take that word as a negative. I, I think people understand that we're bit guys. I I don't take offense to it, and I acknowledge okay. that we do bits. Um. I don't want to be known exclusively for that. And when I'm right. trying to make a serious point, like I do in Discord sometimes, I don't want Nate and Root going, oh, here he goes with another bit. And I'm like, no, really, I believe this. They're like, no, that's a hilarious bit, dude. And I'm like, no, I want to be taken serious just this like 10% of the time. And then the rest of it is, it's all bits. Some uh, okay. early stash love re- in, the, in the chat. These are remarkably consistent. I'm starting on... September 11th. Yeah. Oh, you really have looked this up? Yes. 264 likes. Okay. Then they played on Thursday, so September 15th. 273. Okay. 211. 415. This is after Kansas's like 3-0, 4-0 start when they started paying attention to football. Yeah, wait, wait, hold on. What day was that? October 2nd. I wonder if that was a big game. It was Sunday night football. Is that the is that Brady? I don't remember. October Could it have been a, a Bengals rematch? Nope. October second. That's the Bucks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's Brady. That's, yeah, that's prime time the entire Oh yeah. Everybody hates the Brett yeah, Brady's Bucks. The next week it goes down to two hundred five, so we're still in the twos. 
Okay, it, it plummets in the next couple weeks. 130. 37. Ooh, that's Chiefs Niners. We get 37 on like almost anything. That was October 23rd. Is that what you have? Yeah. And we're back up on November 6th. I don't know if there was a buy or if I missed it. Uh, November 6th, 118. Yeah, that was a buy. Okay, November 20th. So I missed a week. Uh, 153. Okay. Then 76, then 82, 79. So still consistent like week to week here, but a drop off from early in the season, like you mentioned. Fell off a bit. And then. Hang on. Uh-oh. I must have tweeted different wording like for the playoffs. Still have some regular season left. Yeah, I must have missed those. Is there okay, yes. Yeah, here we go. For the AFC Championship, 670. Yeah. Um, it's playoffs, man. Like a Super Bowl one. Playoffs. Playoffs. Surely I did one for the Super Bowl, right? Sure. Yeah, one last time for the Super Bowl, 452 likes. So you were spot on. We were in about the 200s first month of the season, goes down to like below 100, and then playoffs were back in like four, 600 likes. Uh, we're getting a comment in the chat that says peak podcast content. So maybe we should. <laughs> we yeah, are recording the, an episode. We, we previewed the offense. Uh, the Texas Tech offense going into spring football, which started up earlier this week. Tuesday. And so now we're going to get to the defense. And where do you, where do you want to start? Do you want to go by position group or do you want to yeah. go straight to Joey's comments? Well, let's, uh, let's start with the groups and then we can finish with those because some of them, I want to talk about the groups before we do that. Okay. Talk about the differences. Um. I do want to say that conversation we just had, we have those all the time about numbers and trends behind the scenes. When you and I get together, we talk numbers and, and analytics. So that was kind of like a behind the scenes. Like, oh, what do you guys do off air when you're not podcasting? We just talk about weird trends like that. Would you agree? Yeah, we're, we're big analytics guys. Big numbers, guys. All right, I do want to mention some position changes. This is per Matt Dowdy, uh, the Texas Tech football media guy. Um, you know what? That's probably disrespectful. He has a lot of titles, and he's very important. I love Matt Dowdy. He's the assistant athletic director, athletics communications. Yeah, he does so much. It's hard yeah. to like pinpoint one title. <laughs> I don't want to just say football media guy. Yeah. He's much more than that. Shout out to Matt if you're listening. Or whoever listens and reports back to Matt on what we said. Yeah. Uh, Joseph. Whoever tells Matt uh, if the gouches are in trouble or not. The, re- the report uh, filled out. Uh, Joseph Adetaray moves from defensive line to outside linebacker, which is the position that um, Tyree Wilson played. Uh, Miles Cole from defensive line to outside linebacker. Um, Nate Floyd back to defensive back. Eric Gray, the Amarillo product, came in as a guard center guy to Go defensive Kansas. line. Yeah, he, he played both at Amarillo High. Yes. Um, also played at least one snap at running back where they ran a hook and lateral to him. 
That was from the, that was from tackle. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I thought he lined up at running back. No. <laughs> Either way. Even better, uh, yeah. Fat fleet. And then Josiah Pierre from outside linebacker to linebacker. Interesting note on that, I think. I agree. If he gets to the middle of the field and is playing more of that kind of off-the-ball linebacker role or middle linebacker, that'll be interesting to see. All right, now we can talk through uh, what you're seeing. Your, your, your name there. We'll start with the front seven. The Steve Linton hype train conductor. Why don't you uh, clue us into who Steve Linton is? Yeah, a lot of folks that, that maybe didn't really keep tabs on the transfer portal this offseason might have missed this addition. I mean, it was covered um, on, on Red Raider Sports and other outlets like that. He's a transfer from Syracuse. And if you Google him and look up the stats, I don't think there's really anything that really just pops off the page at you where you go, oh, wow, we got the best guy in the portal last season. But if we've learned anything from how this staff evaluates talent, it's that, one, I don't think they're beholden to stats and rankings per se, and they have pretty definitive um, athleticism measurements and metrics that they use to identify whether or not they can mold you into an elite football player or not. And I don't know if this has ever been confirmed anywhere, but like we've heard, I don't know if they won't take a lineman if they can't dunk, but if they can dunk, then that's like a sign that um, obviously the big man can jump a little bit and has some athleticism. And so looking for things like that, uh, looking for certain track and track and field times, if they're more like skill position players, that's why they got two linebackers in the high school recruiting class that are elite 60 meter, 110 meter hurdlers. Um, so anyway, I say all that. If you check out Steve Linton, you go, well, he doesn't look like this major addition. Uh, he's not from a big football school or anything like that. But the way this staff has talked about him, they said he's put on 15 to 20 pounds since he got here, which I think will help him stay healthy. I think he's battled injuries throughout his collegiate career. And I think it was Blanchard tweeted he said like go ahead and save this bookmark this but steve linton will be all big 12 i think that was the prediction he made um might have been a different type of accolade but they're doing nothing to like pump the brakes on the hype for steve linton at the that edge outside linebacker spot you, you don't replace tyree wilson because he's a top five pick um but clearly they think they have something here and another very high quality football player to try your best to to fill the void left by Tyree Wilson. Yeah, and they they uh talked about Linton or Joey did and mentioned the weight said he played it never played a game over like 215, 217 and now he's up at 235. Yeah. Like all right, let's go. And then he he did say he could carry more weight or it looks like his frame could carry more weight. So, I would be interested to see what he plays with uh in September. Going back now, I remember I didn't connect these dots till just now. I think it was Ben Golan with Red Raider Sports kind of reported that Syracuse is like pretty behind in terms of feeding their athletes. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously every school has different strength and conditioning, different diets, but 
they were not really supplying their football players with a certain number of meals or calories a day like is probably expected at most Power 5 programs. And so I think, I mean, it sounds like an oversimplification and maybe he's doing something different in the weight room too, but I think they weren't feeding him enough to put on and keep on weight. And so that's, you know, it's one of those things, if you just show up and watch the games on Saturdays in the fall, you don't think about winning games and putting on weight in February, but those things are important. And that makes me think that this program, like soup to nuts, they've, I think they've nailed the talent evaluation. They're feeding the guys right, strength and conditioning. A lot of guys said personal best in the weight room last offseason. I'm sure that'll happen again this season. Oh, yeah. It makes you just think that, like, top to bottom, everybody in the program is doing their jobs, and it's not just – they're not just thinking X's and O's. They're not just thinking, you know, one thing or another. Like, they've got it down top to bottom. Um, At least that's what I think when I hear stories about a guy like Steve Linton. So you have Steve Linton, Miles Cole we just mentioned. You have the two returners. They're at defensive line uh, on the inside. Uh, Bradford, Tony Bradford, and Jalen Hutchings. A data ray who, true freshman, kind of thrust into action last year, but played well. Do, do you think this defensive line, even without Tyree Wilson, could be better as a unit? Interesting question. Um, can you Google something for me real quick? Yeah, man. It's it's almost 10 o'clock. I'm not sure if uh, this is open or closed, but can you check for me and see if the A-gaps are open? Uh, no, they're not. No, they're closed. <laughs> and they've been closed for a long time, or at least all the way back to last season. Um, I want to circle back and talk more about Miles Cole and that defensive end spot. But... A defensive tackle, Jalen Hutchings and Tony Bradford have a combined 72 collegiate starts between the two of them, which if you're – if you start all 12 games, your sophomore, junior, and senior year, that's 36. That's basically what they both have. I think Hutchings has more starts than Bradford, but that is a lot of combined experience. Yes. And at a position that going back to Cliff – you just like didn't recruit and you take a flyer on a Juco guy and you had a couple guys that stepped up. I remember like big Mike Thomas, you know, he made some plays at that spot. Rico Levi. Had... He was <laughs> yeah, a killer. Too soon. Um, but you haven't had two guys that good and that stayed here that long, had time to get that much experience since I don't know when. Um, I think they both provide this. This sounds so cliche, but the leadership component within the program. Like you need guys that, um, you know, it's one of those things. Like when it's coming from the coach, it's like being told to do something by your parents. And you're like, eh, like I'm sick of hearing from my parents. Like when your friends or your brother or somebody says something to you, and you're like, okay, yeah, like I want to follow that example or, you know, I'll take that advice a little differently than I would versus if my parents were telling me. And so I don't know. I'm going to miss those guys a lot. I was so stoked when they announced they were coming back because they had the, COVID year, they could have gone, and they're just almost irreplaceable types on the field and just kind of like in the locker room type presences. So um, behind them, you had a really good – you had a guy that should be a Power 5 starter in Philip Bleedy, uh, Gambling Gaucho's athlete, Philip Bleedy. And, you know, this is uh, the good and the bad of the transfer portal. 
uh, individually, he deserved more playing time and transferred had offers from power five programs and he'll, he'll get more playing time at Indiana. You know, the downside is Texas tech loses a really good football player. Um, I think they tried to maybe take away some of that sting and get some depth with a portal addition, Quincy Ledette. Do you think that's how you yeah. pronounce that last mm-hmm. name? Um, Louisiana boy. Yeah. So anyway, you hope those guys can stay healthy for sure. Cause I think the depth is maybe your only concern there. You know, if those guys, you know, they start to suck wind a little bit after snap number 75, 80. And in some of those big 12 games, uh, you would need a lot from them if they're um, not rotating in and out. But I think for individual position groups, I might like your interior defensive line better than any other position group on the roster, offense or defense. Yeah, you mentioned it there. Um, You've had one good defensive tackle a couple of times in the Cliff era and then since. But just imagine in the Cliff era if if you had two Broderick Washingtons instead of just one. And for like four or five years as starters. Yeah. I mean, that's what Broderick had. Yeah. So, very excited so, about the defensive line. Going back to the the edge, um, Miles Cole is a name you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, incredibly, th- this is where I think the staff is so great. Like he's this, he transferred from was it Louisiana Monroe or or Louisiana Lafayette? I can't remember which one. Monroe, I believe. I think that's right. And again. Probably not a ton of fanfare surrounding his recruitment in the portal, but James Blanchard knew that his wingspan was like 12 feet. He's like, okay, well, that's that's unique. That's like that's something we can work with. That's an advantage, an edge we can have. And so he's he's built like a I don't know what prototypical defensive end, I guess. And the long arms is such a important factor, also for the offensive tackles, because basically whoever can make contact with the hands first is going to win that battle more often than not. And he really flashed in the bowl game, um, flashed prior to the bowl game when he had a little bit more opportunity after Tyree Wilson got hurt. And so whether it's him or a data ray or maybe even a couple other names we haven't mentioned, um, again, Tyree Wilson is trending toward top five, top 10 pick at the worst. You don't just replace that guy, but to your question earlier, can they work together as a unit based on what you have returning on the interior and the depth you have at that edge position, maybe, or at least not a significant drop-off. Um, yeah, Miles Cole was playing inside last year, um, allegedly moving to the edge this year and, and playing outside linebacker. Uh, he's 6'6", 285. I'm going to say a name in the NFL. Chris Jones. Similar body style. I think Chris Jones is 300, but those long um, arms matter. I'm pretty sure I heard this right. And this might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but this will tell you how atypical Miles Cole's length is. They said when he goes to the NFL Combine and they measure his wingspan, he'll have the largest wingspan in NFL Combine history. Wow. And again, I don't know if that's a literal, like we took this measurement and he's a half an inch longer than anybody else, um, or if they were saying like he's up there. But that's – like that's a recruiting find. Like he came out of a group of five conference, ULM, probably didn't have a ton of power five programs after him, but that's one of those things that Blanchard and his team um, 
or somebody on his team, whether it was Nance or whoever, noticed. And uh, that's a guy who I think you saw improvement within the season and you're excited about with another offseason under his belt with the strength and conditioning, going up against Power 5 guys all spring, what he might look like come fall. Chris Jones' wingspan is 85 inches. Yeah, so that's it's like that's more than seven feet. Yeah. So that's I mean that's similar body style in Miles Cole. So yeah, around eighty five inches, I would assume. I I think <clears throat> let's skip linebacker for a second. We'll go to the defensive backs. Well, hang on. There's another guy I want to talk about on the defensive line. Okay. Slash edge. I don't know what they have him listed as. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something really brave here, Rob, and admit that I was wrong about something. Uh, football this doesn't related. happen often. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I remember this very vividly. It was the Kansas game in Lubbock when Tyree Wilson went down. Okay, I know who you're talking about. And they sent in this kid, number seventeen. Yeah. Um, to get some snaps in in relief. And you and I were in a group text with a, a mutual friend. And he goes, hey, who's this number 17 kid? And and can he play? And I said, it's Isaac Smith. And no, he can't play. Like, he was a Wells guy, two-star kid out of Oklahoma. He's never played before. I, I basically told him, I was like, don't, don't expect a lot here. Like, we must just not have much depth. Well, like, real early, he makes a great play. Uh, gets off his block, goes – um, horizontal or lateral across the line makes a great stop behind the line of scrimmage. And I was like, okay, like, hey, maybe I was wrong. Maybe that was a fluke play. But the rest of that game and then the last couple games when Tyree Wilson remained out with the injury, he kept making noise in the opponent's backfield. And he was, a, I think, redshirt freshman last year. So another young guy, he filled out really well after high school. And so – He's uh, per Don Williams. He's out for the spring, which is unfortunate because he was a guy that I was gonna, you know, have eyes on during some of those scrimmages and see how he was progressing. But another guy, just like a Data Ray, just like Miles Cole, that flashed a ton at that position, and and whether he gets an opportunity to make that kind of impact this season or not, based on some of the guys ahead of him on the depth chart, potentially, still a guy that has, will have two or three years left potentially after that, and small sample size, but. It appears that I was very wrong on Isaac Smith. I thought he was a reach coming out of high school, but he looked legit, in my opinion, the last half of that season. Can I read the quote? Oh, yeah, do you have it? Yeah. Who is 17? This is from Kyle. Isaac Smith, second-year player recruited by Wells. The mutual friend says, from where is he a player? Kyle, in four separate texts, says, Oklahoma. No. Only other offer was Tulsa. Wells recruiting in a nutshell. <laughs> okay, that part is true. And like, uh, you know, it's a numbers game. If that's your entire recruiting strategy, it's probably not going to work out well. But it, yeah, there are exceptions to every rule. And he certainly appears. He was a guy. I mean, I'm being totally honest here. It was a guy in that class. I was like, okay, like, I mean, I guess yeah. you need numbers. But I wish we were, you know, fishing in a different pond. But hey, I'll, I would love to be wrong about anybody like that. And he. He shut me up. He's like one of my favorite. I'm yeah. pretty hyped about him now. And like I said, glad to be wrong. I did respond. He's made plays every time he's been on the field. So I feel good about that. <laughs> I will say this. Let, just picture this, Kyle. 
It's uh, third and 15. Late in the game, you're on defense. You need a stop. Miles Cole playing uh, three technique. A data ray, Isaac Smith on the outside. Jalen Hutchings at the nose. Josiah Pierre on a blitz from middle linebacker up the middle. Like, you're getting home, right? Yeah, and or um, you drop one of those guys and bring Tyler Owens from the safety position if you want to get real creative. Yeah. As fast as he is, you could do some pretty fun stuff. We haven't even gotten to the star position yet. That was Muddy Waters. Um, so, yeah, you can do. You could probably cook up some really creative blitz looks with this kind of personnel. So let's – would you say linebacker is kind of the most, I don't know, position of the defense? On the entire team. Yeah. On the, yeah. Offense, defense. Yeah. Um, of course, you have a lot of returners on offense. Uh, not nearly as many returners on defense. <clears throat> Still quite a few. Um, T- Ty Kana, is he going to be a guy as a redshirt freshman to make a jump? Um, Josiah Pierre, is he going to be a guy that kind of lives in the, the linebacker world again after playing a, a year of defensive line or outside linebacker? Um, you're still waiting on some eligibility issues uh, on a guy. So uh, would you say that is the most open position period? Or is there some maybe well, running back or outside receiver or one of those positions might kind of – you don't know who's going to be the starter, but everyone's going to play kind of thing. No, I think in terms of certainty of production, what you're going to get from each position group, linebacker is by far, like by a pretty wide margin, the position group I'm most nervous about, most unsure about, which doesn't mean it's going to be a bad position group, but you just look at your returning production – um, you're returning, what, 80-something percent of your receiving yards, 60-something percent of your rushing yards. Uh, I don't know about snaps on the offensive line, but you're returning Caleb Rogers, Dennis Wilburn. Um, who else am I missing there? Landon Peterson got some run last year. Jacoby Jackson got some runs. Like Anyway, you're returning a lot of snaps on the offensive line. You're returning all four of your starting defensive backs, and so your interceptions, deflected passes, you're returning most of those. It's linebacker where um, – I mean, like Tyree Wilson leaves a gaping hole on the defensive line if you count that edge position as D-line. But other than that, like, yeah, Kashawn Merriweather, guy that played for you, I think, for three seasons. Um, a lot of experience at this level, was a great run stopper. You lose him. You don't know about Kosai Eldridge because of the, the JUCO eligibility thing that – Amazingly, they're still trying to sort through. Yeah. Um, Josiah Pierre, you know, heavily recruited out of high school, got some run last year. You feel pretty good about him, but he's changing positions. Jacob Rodriguez, I think, was a guy they were high on going into last year. And he was maybe a little bit uh, down on the depth chart versus where he deserved to be just because, again, you got a guy like Sean Merriweather out there. Um, Jacob Rodriguez, I think, is one of those that Don reported is out for the spring. Um, Yeah, he's out. Bryce Ramirez trying to come back from that leg injury. Crazy. He's out for the spring. So, which maybe that's kind of a good thing. Like the guys that you know have experience at this level and got snaps last year are going to, due to injury or or rehab or whatever, 
give way to some of these young guys like you mentioned, Ty Kana, those types, maybe some transfers that um, will have a chance to maybe, if not earn a starting role, at least prove they can be in the two deep. Um, don't get me wrong, I would much rather Jacob Rodriguez be going through spring ball, but it's not all bad. If you need to know what you have at that position, it's not all bad to have him step aside and let some of the backups get some reps. Josiah Pierre, Jacob Rodriguez, I thought Tariq Matthew really played well uh, toward the end of last year. Uh, Matthews, I, I didn't think he'd come back, um, but a super senior, and he kind of finally got his break last year. Hasn't played much in his career. Uh, another Wells-era guy, but in limited playing time toward the end of last year, I thought he was really, really productive. This is another position where the depth scares me. Yes. Um, because if you do get to fall and, like, if a guy like Jacob Rodriguez or Josiah Pierre goes down, depending on what happens this spring, you're maybe a little bit uncertain about what you have behind him. And I don't feel that way at other positions. You don't want anybody to get hurt, but, like, if Tyler Shuck goes down, you know what you have in Baron Morton. Um, DN, we just rattled off four guys that could be starting at defensive end. So it's a little bit more precarious at that linebacker spot. Um, but, yeah. That's the biggest question mark in my mind. And I think the numbers prove that based on returning experience, snaps, production, and just sort of eye test. You know, like like Jacob Rodriguez was a high school quarterback. And so even the fact that he's your starting middle linebacker is a little bit strange. Um, I mean, he has the body type for it and everything and got experience there last year. But it's not like you're stocked with three-star, four-star guys that – have played that position a ton at this level. So of all the position groups on the defensive end and really the whole team, that's the one I'm most most worried about probably. You have 11 guys listed as outside linebacker on the spring roster. That's pretty crazy. I'm, I'm glad they moved Pierre inside. Um, I yeah. thought he played well, uh, especially at the end of last year. But – yeah, like you can only have so many edge guys on the field at once. Like you need somebody to play in the middle of the field. I think he's also as good as Krishan Merriweather was. He was especially effective as a, a run stopper. He was a legit like 240 pounds, probably not a great, you know, runner in open space if he was tasked with kind of covering the middle of the field. I think Josiah Pierre is a little bit better equipped for that, maybe a little more quick twitch athleticism than his predecessor in Merriweather. And so might take some getting used to if he hasn't played that position before, especially at this level. But I think he might have a higher ceiling, at least in pass coverage, than than we saw last year with Merriweather. When he came from Florida, uh, I thought he was going to be playing that position, and he did. And then last year he moves down and then over. So I think you just kind of, hey, best athlete, open position, can do it. Let's see if he 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 uh, excels. Because you you want all of your best athletes on the field, and I think that's just a case of hey, best athlete, best position. Let's see if it works. Yeah, and and real quick on Bryce Ramirez, I think we said this after the bowl game when we did that episode. N nobody could have blamed him if he didn't want to play ever no. again. Um, that was a brutal injury I, 
uh, almost hate that I saw it. Um, and, and, you know, they, they didn't show the replay after they realized the severity of it, but right. Um, one of those things I thought like, yeah, they might keep him on scholarship. He might be around the team as like a coaching assistant or whatever, but then you see him like on the treadmill and you see him walking without, you know, a brace or, or crutches or whatever. And like, you know, Hey, he might make a go at this. And so of course I wish him all the best if he decides he wants to, um, I'm sure he still has quite a bit of rehab ahead of him. I think Don reported he's still doing some like weight assisted yes, running in the bubble. Um, yeah, so it's not his not his full body weight, and so, um, but you know that helps him get some cardio work back into it. I'm sure he's still a long way away from like contact drills and everything. So I don't even know if he if he wanted to be if he could be ready by fall. Yeah, but if he is and he wants to, man, I hope he kills it and. Uh, it's just one of those things like kind of like how I treated Fardals with basketball, expect nothing from him um, just because that's so uncertain. And I'm not even talking about like physically, mentally, if he he thinks he wants to, and then he puts on a helmet again and decides like, no, never mind. uh, Nobody could blame him for that. And so if he gives you any kind of production, even if it's 12 snaps a game, I think you take that as kind of a cherry on top. Um, Would love to see him. That'd be super inspiring and, um courageous of him but if you don't see him i don't think i don't think anyone could blame him and hopefully you're not like relying on him based on that injury yeah and in that report don did say by the end of this month he could be running with a brace flat ground by the end of this month which from nc state to this month is pretty crazy considering yeah we're talking texas tech defense today if you need defense, hopefully you never do, but there's somebody great in your corner, should you ever have that need, Barnett, Howard, and Williams, bhwlawfirm.com. They handle all kinds of legal matters, certified for Title IX, student defense, family law, catastrophic injury, criminal defense, you name it. Three Texas Tech grads, undergrad and law school, all Red Raiders, so you know you're getting the best and brightest. Barnett, Howard, and Williams, bhwlawfirm.com. All right, the secondary, you lose Reggie Pearson. You lose Muddy Waters, but you get better? Your column? (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't wouldn't go that far. (laughs) Um, Muddy Waters, um, great, great player, like the prototype for that position. You know, he, Muddy was not big enough to be a linebacker, not like probably high end speed enough to play straight up DB, but they put him there and like rolled him down near the line of scrimmage and a lot of looks. And he played that position brilliantly. Like, however, they were scheming it, whatever they wanted from him in that role, I feel like he delivered almost perfectly. And one of the times I actually realized how good he was was when Tech Hoops guy pointed this out to me. You, I forgot how many snaps you played defensively against Texas. Um, let's say it was 72. Muddy Waters was on the field for 71 of those snaps. The one snap that he was not on the field was the maybe 30 or 40-yard touchdown to Xavier Worthy where the secondary just lost him. And Tech Hoops guy, his hypothesis, which I think is a really good one, is that Muddy was the quarterback of the secondary, so to speak, helping those guys get lined up, get the coverage right, 
and the one play he's not out there. I don't know if his cleat came off or or what. You know, they totally botched the coverage and hand the other team six points. So, um, I guess that's a little worrying. You know, if we're um, in such a precarious spot, one out of seventy-two plays when he's not on the field, <laughs> right? I mean, somebody else has kind of big shoes to fill. Um, but but I do think the guy you brought in from San Diego State, based on the film, the measurables, he also looks like a guy who might be a prototype for that position. And who knows? I mean, we, we might we might see a guy really step up big in that spot. So here's the secondary. You ready? Rayshard Williams, super senior corner, 6'3", 205. Tyler Owens, super senior, free safety, 6'2", 205. Malik Dunlap, Dunlap, super senior, 6'3", 220, corner. Uh, Dadrian Taylor-Demerson, safety, 5'11", 195. He's the small guy, but super senior. That's crazy that you have a, a 6'3", 220 corner and a yeah. 5'11", 195 <laughs> yeah. safety. <laughs> and then C.J. Baskerville, who you just mentioned, um, back home from San Diego State, uh, from North Richland Hills. He's a junior, but 6'3", 210. 6'3", 6'3", 6'3", 6'2", 5'11". Uh, well, that, that makes you think, you know, you got to be careful to not commit a penalty but if if I'm the DB's coach at Texas Tech, if I'm Marcel Yates, I'm telling my guys like, hey, we're gonna be the most physical secondary in the country. We're gonna bully opposing receivers because you've got, you know, and even if this is true or not, I would still implant it in, in these guys' minds. Be like, hey, the receivers from the other side, you know, seven on seven, pretty boys. They're gonna be 185. They want to run. That's great. Well, we're gonna like beat them up at the line of scrimmage. We're gonna be physical with them. We're gonna get our hands on them. Um, cause you've got, you've got the personnel to do it. And again, this is not taking shots at anybody that played here previously, but like, I remember when true freshman Tevin Madison was out there, he's 5'10", 160. Yeah. Or Nigel Bethel. You know, yeah. Like you're not winning physical battles against Kevin White at West Virginia or yeah. you know whoever, um, Josh Doxson or any of those guys. But when you, when you're six, three at, at both corner spots and all your DBs are 200 plus pounds. Um, I mean, that, that's a lot to work with, in my opinion. And so, yeah, four starters returning from that position group, a lot of experience at this level, um, something we kind of touched on when, when we were previewing the offense was the the benefit of continuity. And all these guys, not just returning starters, but returning starters with the same DBs coach in the same defensive scheme under Tim DeRuiter. And so I think that's going to go a long way. I do not expect to see them – getting cooked in the secondary. What I would like to see get cooked is some good old-fashioned Rahino barbecue. Somebody was asking if uh, Rahino barbecue is going to be at the spring game. We need to facilitate that. We could try to assist there. I think that would be wise. I think a lot of football fans in West Texas would love to have some Rahino barbecue at the spring game. What's your favorite thing at Rahino? Depends what I'm in the mood for. I love their brisket burger. It's one of those things, like, after you get their brisket burger, it's hard to go get, like, just a normal hamburger from a drive-thru or something. Um, 
I love the jalapeno sausage. Uh, it's got some, I think, pepper jack or, or cheddar cheese in there, maybe both, Monterey. I don't know. It's good. My wife loves the sliced turkey. Uh, ribs are good. Brisket's good. I know you like the pulled pork. I'm not a big pulled pork guy, but. I I do like pulled pork. I wouldn't put that on my uh, top five, I don't think. Oh, okay. I'm not anti-pulled pork like you, though. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. If you make a burger at home, what's on it? Um, Like ideally or typically? Typically. Um, probably just plain and dry. Okay. Cheese? Uh, yeah. Craft single or cheddar? Uh, I do like, I, I like sharp cheddar. Okay. Pre-sliced? Um, if I have bacon, I'll put bacon on it. Okay. Uh, especially on the grill. No um, sauce? Usually not, no. Okay. But if I'm at a restaurant or if I've got all the fixings, uh, I like grilled onions, I like lettuce, I like pickles, jalapenos if those are available. So yeah, I, I dress it up more if they're okay. if the ingredients are available, but I don't necessarily have all that at my house all the time. So Gotcha. Grilled onions. Some of the best. Yes. Kyle, Any, how many... Rahino barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> RahinoBBQ.com or on social at RahinoBBQ. The lines are long, so order ahead. Make sure your food is there when you get there. Sorry, I thought you were done. I did too. How many super seniors are on this team? Do you want to venture a guess? Over under 14 so and a half. Okay, I was going to set the over under at 12 and a half. Since you said the over and at 14 over. and a half, I'm going to guess are either 14 or 15 super seniors. 16. 16. Okay. 16. Yeah. Now, we just said the basically the whole secondary super seniors. Um, I'm going to go through, I think, is a starter and if they're a super senior. You ready? Yeah. Rayshard Williams, starter. Rabbit, starter. By the way, he's wearing number one. Did you see his comments on that? Mm-mm. Felt like he earned it. Been here a while. Uh, Miles Price, also number one. They're kind of a combo, I would say. Uh, that should be some good content. Miles Cole, super senior. Tyler Owens, super senior. Xavier White, starter, eh, I don't know, but super senior. Glad he's back. Malik Dunlap, super senior. Austin McNamara, super senior. Uh, Tarek Matthews, I... I think he'll play the most of his career this year, but I, I wouldn't really call him a C, uh, starter yet. Henry Teeter is one of those. Um, Rusty Stats, super senior, starting center. Dennis Wilburn, I think, will start at guard, super senior. Cole Spencer, super senior. Jalen Hutchings, super senior. Tony Bradford, super senior. That's a lot of super seniors starting on this team. That makes you feel yeah. good. Yeah, it's not like you have a bunch of old guys just like taking roster spots. You know, those are at minimum contributors, if not starters. And this is a little bit off topic. Uh, we're almost to the end of COVID seniors, right? Because like you had to be playing in 2020 to uh, – it'll just be so much easier to track this right. when like, okay, is he, a, is he a senior or is he a redshirt super COVID senior – with a waiver and it's like, it's so hard to keep track of 
Like, okay, does he have one year? Is he out of eligibility? Does he have two years? Because he could technically redshirt. Um, I'm glad all those guys are back, but I'll also be happy. And I guess it'll be 2025 20, when there's no more COVID people. And it's just good old fashioned. Are you redshirt or true yeah. classification? I'm, I'm happy to get back to that. Although I say that uh, the Morales brothers were here for like 17 years before COVID was a thing. So who knows? You really get six. If you redshirt and get injured, yeah, you get six seasons. It's just you get so six tough. to play four. I feel like we've done this every year since COVID. Um, you know, like game seven, game eight, a guy starts playing really well, and we're like, well, you know, he went through senior day, but can he come back as a COVID senior? Or <laughs> right. like people start back counting, like, well, did he get here in 2019 or was he? Here? So anyway, it'll just be a lot easier when when that's all over with. Uh, here's a comment. They need to just give athletes five years. It can take five years to finish a degree. Amen. With the amount of hours it takes as compared to degrees back in the day when four years made sense. Sure. That's a former athlete saying that. Yeah. I mean, you technically get five years to play four, but I know what he's saying. Uh, yeah, I think if you play as a true freshman and you exhaust your eligibility in four, I think it'd be cool if they like kept you on scholarship for your fifth year academically, if you're if you're enrolled as a full-time student and you don't count against the scholarship limit if you're not playing anymore. That might be a, a fair way to do that. Yeah, I think so. All right, I'm going to read a Joey McGuire comment and then we'll hit the mailbag real quick. Okay. Joey McGuire says, the guys that were on the bowl team are probably going to be mad at me, but I think this team right now beats the bowl team by 14 points. As a reminder, Texas Tech beat Ole Miss in the Texas Bowl, 42-25. Side note, the Texas Bowl, forget us. We're not coming back, all right? You're rent-free in the Texas Bowl Twitter field. Lots of Jeff Goodman, the Texas Bowl, whenever they need engagement, they just tweet about Texas Tech, and we come running. Stop. Stop. It's a little bit, it's a little bit desperate on that part. A little bit. And, you know, it speaks to why they wanted you there. Like, sure. They know that Texas Tech is going to bring a crowd. But it's like, hey, we're not going to the Texas Bowl every year, you know? I hope not. Like, you got to let us fly. Yeah. You got to let us spread our yeah. wings and fly. Let us go, man. We're going to the playoff. Um, so here, here's a question. Playoffs. Um, <laughs> what's the big difference between, okay, if this team can beat the bowl team by 14 points, which players or position groups are making that much of a difference? Because – we just went over that you're returning a lot of starters. Uh, offensive line. I think they feel way better about this offensive line as compared to the last one. Um, you know, Tyler Shuck's the same. Does Dre McCray provide that much of a deep threat? Um, do you like these two running backs? Do you think Steve Linton and Miles Cole are deeper than um, what you had? Now, you didn't have Tyree Wilson in the bowl game. So it's, he's not saying la this year's team would beat last year's team by 14. Um, he's saying the bowl team. Um, but I think offensive line is the biggest part of it. You know, stats, Spencer, Wilburn in the middle, I think is much, much stronger than the middle you had last year. I'm with you. I mean, I don't know what else the answer could be. Right. Um, unless, you know, Dadrian Taylor, Demerson, or Tyler Shuck got so much better in between years four and five of their college careers or something. Right. Um, we just said and, and the whole secondary's back. Yeah, and I was, like I'm going to say, that's not a knock on those guys at all, but it's like there's 
if you had brought in this insane transfer portal class and had like the football version of Matt Mooney and Tariq Owens, and you could point to those, like, okay, yeah, like they're going to be difference makers. But to see a lot of the same faces, for him to say that, I think means that like they're picking up the scheme better. Um, maybe they're deeper or, yeah, I don't know. Bigger, stronger, Team faster. Chemistry is better. Um, I thought that was an interesting comment. And <laughs> there have been other, I think, more private comments from the McGuire camp that have been shared in our, our Discord, just like secondhand stuff or like uh, a fan like tweeted a screenshot of his DMs with Joey. That was wild. So what I'm getting at is Joey, uh, I don't know if he's trying or not, but he does nothing to like manage expectations. No. I had a, an old boss who taught me under promise over deliver. Joey is like over promise and hope we can deliver. I can I be in the the, the trust tree, the cone of trust, yeah. please. If I was Joey's PR guy, I would say Joey. I love the enthusiasm. Stop DMing random fans. We're going to the playoffs. <laughs> Like, do, they love it. The fans love it. But just, you're you're setting yourself up for, I don't know. I mean. Well, I think you got to you gotta know your audience. Like, yes. do you tell your team, hey, we're going to win the Big 12. We're going 12-0. Absolutely. Like, why in the world would you take any other message to your team? So, hey, you know, we might be pretty good this year, but there's some tough games. Like, let's just try to win eight or nine of them. Like, no. Right. What the hell do you think we're doing all offseason? Like, we're trying to win every game. Yeah. But, like, when Don Williams has a microphone in your face, do you say, like, yeah, you know, hey, this team, they they could blow last year's team out of the water. Like, yeah. I was like, well, so I don't know. And, hey, maybe he just welcomes the, the scrutiny and the expectation that goes along with that. But uh, he doesn't do your – your typical cliche coach speak. Oh, don't get me wrong. I love it. Oh, yeah. What I'm 100% in. And he didn't say we're going to the playoff this year. He just said we're going to win a national championship eventually. It will happen. It will happen. But good grief if I'm not a little afraid of how 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 pumped I am for this season. Uh, yeah. And I'm just the 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 battered dog in me is like yeah. I, I've been a tech fan long enough and like I don't want to be three and five in late October and have opposing fans like throwing those comments back at us. It all runs through Lubbock, baby. Yeah, right. Uh but like hey, if he's not scared of that, then like why should we be as fans? You know, like we we can't impact the games. We can't make them any better during spring practice. And so maybe he wants them to Maybe he's telling them, like, hey, this isn't just a belief we have in the locker room. Like, this is a belief we carry with us everywhere we go. Um, and if he thinks that's going to work, then I'm not going to question him on how to run a football program. At practice, Joey McGuire's bill of his hat is, has a piece of tape on it. It just says effort. I love it. That's, that is so Texas high school football coach. 100%. It hurts. <laughs> it is exactly that. Yeah. All right, you want to hit a mailbag? Let's do it. See, Diversify land, uh, Lenders mailbag. If you need to turn your cash into, if you need to turn your accounts receivable into cash, call Diversified Lenders. 
double Red Raider, double generation, double the money for you. Uh, well, I don't know if I can promise that, but... With the loss of Tyree Wilson, who do you expect to step up and have a big year on the front seven? I think, uh, yeah. Steve, Steve Linton, yeah. He's one of like four names that I think could have a really big year at that spot. Yeah, Miles Cole, Adeta Ray in year two. Isaac Smith. Isaac Smith. And then uh, Steve Linton. With so many returnees, where do you rank the defense in regards to the Big 12? This is a good question. So I looked at, uh, b- before we did this preview, I looked at where we finished on per possession stats, which if if we have new listeners here, which we might, I hate, as you know, Rob, I hate just per game stats in football. It can vary so much based on tempo, possession, plays run. I think it's way better to look at per play, per possession. Uh, anyway, you finish kind of like lower end of the middle of the conference in most of those. You're like sixth or seventh, I think, in most of the kind of key defensive categories. So you were not nearly as bad as you were for the better part of a decade, um, but you weren't top half of the conference either. Um, all that to say, you know, you kind of have – you have something to build on for the first time in a while because – for the longest time, as you know, the the hope, not the expectation, was like, hey, let's just try not to be dreadful on defense, and then yeah. maybe we can do enough on offense to win some games. Let's get two but, stops a game. Right. But I think you've got a defense that you know could be top half. And I think if you have the fifth best defense on a per-possession basis, if the offense starts clicking and is first or second in the conference, then you're going to be a legit team. Like TCU and Kansas State, um, which, by the way, there's a great Twitter account people should follow. Uh, it's just called KSU Fan. He publishes these every week within the season, and then um, after the season has like the season recap. But that's where I'm getting all this from. So yeah, I think if you if you increase your turnover rate, which is doable, you know that, that was a big point of emphasis. The whole take three mantra. Um, they certainly were slow out of the gates turning people over. I think got better as the season went along. Um, they were really good in the bowl game. Um, so if that's something that continues, uh, I think that's an area you can improve on for the 12 or 13 game sample size. Um, I think you, I think you can stuff the run pretty well. You know, we talked about your interior defensive linemen, how much experience they have. They're both kind of honorable mention or second team, all big 12 types. You know, if they, if they improve and some guys that were sort of ahead of them in the conference leave, you, you might have two of the, you know, eight or ten best defensive tackles on anybody's roster as your two starters. Yeah. So, anyway, all that to say, I think you have more upside for an entire season than you did last year, even though you're missing a huge piece in Tyree Wilson. But you didn't have him for the last four games against Power 5 competition. Yeah, and um, only half the game against Kansas. Yeah, so I think I think top half of the conference is a, is a reasonable goal and that you could – if you do that on the defensive side, depending on what the offense does, you could be setting yourself up for a really good season. If I told you you finished sixth total defense, fourth total offense, would you be pretty happy with that? Yeah, I think that would probably result in one, maybe two additional uh, regular season wins from last year. Because uh, c- your offense – 
know, they get all the fanfare and people always associate Texas Tech with good offense, but they were also about middle of the pack. They were probably like fifth or sixth in most of these stats that I'm citing, you know, the per game, like how many yards per drive are you getting? How many points per drive, your field goal rate, your turnover rate, your punt rate. Um, so the offense was not, you know, your typical top third of the conference offense. Right. So they've got a lot of room to improve as well. So like if you're saying that the offensive line is a much better unit and you can run the ball, be a little bit more balanced, then yeah, if you can, if you compare a top three offense with a top five defense. Um, also, I'm using terms like top three and top five for a 10-team conference. I've kind of forgotten that it's a 14-team right. conference. So yeah. You can adjust that. Maybe six and four. top yeah. seven defense with a top four offense yeah. uh, would be kind of um, – I think that would represent a pretty good improvement versus where you stood last year. When chanting defense, would you rather hold the giant D or the fence? Uh, Got to hold the D. Let's go big D. So on the fence? Yeah. I'm wrong with <laughs> oh man, That's we're gonna see that later. In the chat. Yeah, we're gonna see that later. Um, will we really be take three university in 2023? Yes. <laughs> that would be uh, 36 turnovers. Yeah, I don't know if you'll do it every game, but I think you'll live up to that okay. more than you did last season. That's one thing I really expect to improve is just the turnover margin. Yeah. Rank the position groups on defense from most to least concerned. Based most. on our conversations, linebacker, yeah. most. Defensive line, least. Would you break those out? Yeah, I think that interior DB defensive, and defensive line are are close because I feel really confident in both groups. But I guess the uncertainty in the drop off or potential drop off between Muddy Waters and Baskerville, um, that's just kind of like a question mark within that position group. Whereas yeah. the D line, I think no matter who winds up playing the edge positions with Bradford and Hutchings on the inside, I, I think they'll be pretty impeccable as a unit. Well, and the health of Tyler Owens. Can he stay healthy? Can he play? So I think yeah, there's some you, of that lost, too. you lost Kobe Minor. You lost Reggie Pearson. Those would have been like your your third corner, your third safety that you could rotate in on like some nickel or dime packages or just to get reps in case of an injury or or fatigue. Um, so, yeah, like maybe your depth at those two spots is a little bit less proven than it was last year. Who are the enforcers on defense? It's the two guys plugging the A-gaps, in my opinion. I mean, it starts there. They're the most experienced, most proven. Um, I hope that Josiah Pierre can grow into that at Agreed. the middle linebacker spot. Especially, like I said, kind of covering um, and pass coverage over the middle of the field. Um, that just wasn't really Krishan Merriweather's game. But if guys crossing on, like, drag routes or whatever think they might get lit up by Josiah Pierre, who is pretty big man himself and can hit – you know, he could take that role of enforcer, I think. Tyler Owens in the bowl game was laying some wood, too. He was all over the place. 
What and other? I like, I like that we have. We just named like four guys. We didn't even get yeah. some of those edge spots that could be enforcers. Yeah. Had you asked me like 2018, I would have been like, hell if I know. Yeah. Gary Matthews Jr. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that poor guy. I think he, he would have excelled here. in this defense, though. He came here as a wide receiver, and they're yeah. like, how about you play defensive end? Like, he got put in a tough spot. Yeah. I remember him trying to cover Joe Mixon on a swing route, and untouched, of course, for touchdowns. Like, we, to, we didn't need to get into that. What other Dave Campbell, Texas football, Republic of football, school-specific pods have you listened to? Between Two Bears, that's the Baylor one, of course. Um, I, I don't think TCU has one. No. Uh, does Houston have one within the network? I don't. I don't think so. I think we just found some Houston, uh, some guys that cover Houston. Yeah. I'll be honest, Rob. The uh, the two programs affiliated or soon to be affiliated with the SEC. Unless we're playing them in the non-con, I don't know if I'll follow it that closely. I I have listened to the Big Twelve ones. I've yet to uh, get outside of the Big Twelve, but I will this summer. I will too. And the one maybe that I'm most excited about that I haven't listened to yet. Well, I take that back. So like two c- kind of front runners there would be the North Texas one. Because Emo is there. Trey Cleveland is there. Yes. I live 30 minutes away now. I can go check out their games if they're playing well. And then Jeff Trailer in year three or four, whatever he's in at UTSA, they've obviously got it rolling. I think their fan base is super into it. Um, you know, they might – who knows? They might be – if he's there and keeps building, they might be one of those group of five programs that can start competing for New Year's six berths if they can win 11 games in Conference USA or bumping up to the American – um, so those are the two from the from outside the Big 12 that I might be following most closely. If there was an Oklahoma drill between all the picadors, who would come out on top? We've got one answer. Do you want to say it on three? One, two, three, Big Hen. Chase. Have you seen Big Hen's high school football photos? No. Cowboy collar up, dude. Oh, okay. Yeah. In linebacker O line, I think. I think well, Chase I, is Chase is obviously an athlete, but Big Hen is I, laying some wood. I'd put him versus Big Hen in like the finals. Uh, yeah, because Chase is like a legit, I don't know, six three. Yeah, pretty well built. I feel like he could do some damage in an Oklahoma drill. But I, I, hey, I might have to do the the Shack apology to Big Hen. I wasn't really familiar with your game. Low man uh, wins. I, Bill Walton's kid. <laughs> is that a short king joke? No. I just feel like he looks like he can give some leverage. Okay. Jackson, a little bit wiry frame. You see this comment? It sounds like a fun tailgate game in Wyoming. <laughs> we do that in the parking lot before the game. <laughs> I'll freak some helmets. We'll get we'll get three year letterman to come check it out. Um will Jimbo Fisher ever return Republic of Football's interview requests? No, the dude's a bum. Shots fired. Uh, you have to get a Texas Tech-related tattoo. What is it and where? Um, I'm going to be honest, and I'm not not trying to offend anybody. I know people. I love people with tattoos. I'm not a tattoo kind of guy. So, like, You wouldn't get a tattoo of, ever? 
I, I wouldn't say that, but like bottom of the foot or like somewhere else it would never be visible to anybody. Bottom of the foot? Oh, no, here's what I'll do. Inside of your lip. Because it... Wreck them. One, it's not visible. Two, it fades a lot quicker than... You're saying wreck them on the inside of your lip? Sure. So no neck? You're not getting the Raider Red mustache? What about a Raider Red mustache right here on the finger? So you just hold it up like this? No. (laughs) No? I think the, the most ambitious I would get is maybe like wrist if I could cover it with a watch yeah or like wearing long sleeves but like again all respect to people with tattoos I think they look badass on some people I don't think it's for me if if Joey McGuire wins a national championship I'll get his face on my ass cheek how about that (laughs) can I make an amendment to that yeah on the other cheek it has to say let's go (laughs) We'll workshop that one. I'm not going to really commit to that. This is going to get clipped. I I commit to things all the time that I don't necessarily think will happen. I did think the Lady Raiders were going to make a postseason. I cashed in that one today. Um, we got a, a peach emoji in the chat. What do you think the spring record will be? <laughs> Want to know? Or, yeah, I guess one and one. If they... 15 and 0? Yeah. Did you see Oklahoma? <laughs> so they finished with a losing record. They were six and seven because they lost the bowl game that they should have, they had no business being invited to. But they went back and counted their spring game as a win. So they could say they went seven and seven and maintained a 500 record. I think AM has done that before, too. Yes. Better spring football league, XFL or USFL? XFL for me, not even close. Pass. Over under beers in the parking lot at the spring game. Over. Over under Rahino Barbecue posted up at Lowry for the spring game. Over. Where will they put the statue of Joey when he wins a national championship? I think they'll put it in 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 your brainchild, the the Mike Leach the walk of fame hall of fame whatever they want to call south it end zone. and put his statue there somewhere with the new you know south end zone and indoor facility uh this is a two-part question we've already answered the first part so i'll just read the second part uh what incoming freshman if any do you think has a chance to make an impact year one dingle I think I'll go with one of those. I'm going to cheat a little bit and say that position group because Dingle and um, the young man from Louisiana, the other hurdler. What's his name? I'm blanking on it, but they're Um, both playing inside linebacker, which, as we alluded to, is a position that is maybe lacking some depth. Sensei, Um, that's all I can think of. Yeah, he's like got the ninja theme on his his Twitter. Yeah. I can like see his face. I can I know his high school colors and everything. But um, anyway, I think one, they're both freak athletes. But two, that could be a position where you don't have a bunch of third year, fourth year guys that are well proven. So if they show up and they can ball, and you know guys are still kind of rehabbing, coming back into fall camp at the end of the summer, I, I would say they have the most opportunity. And 
sometimes that's all it's a matter of. Like you can be a baller, but if there's six guys ahead of you on the depth chart, you're not ever going to have the opportunity to show it. But but those two might. Uh, by the way, I'm three and zero in the Sweet Sixteen pick so far. Should should Arkansas fire Eric Musselman? Florida Atlantic just beat Tennessee. I mean, no, but yes. So Florida Atlantic here. beat Tennessee. Yeah, ten seconds left at sixty-two fifty-five. They had like a eighteen percent chance to win that game on BPI, but Tennessee was only a four and a half point favorite. I picked FAU. I picked Tennessee. I, I had What's a, his kid's name? Justin Horn. Justin Horn. There you go. Jeez. If you're listening, Justin, sorry. Sensei. I we, I think he prefers his nickname anyways. We know and respect your game. We just – when Joey brings in this many dogs in one offseason, it's hard to keep them all straight. Dog. 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 Uh, of the guys here in the spring, uh, because I think generally those are the guys that uh, you see more often, Aiden Meeks, maybe as a returner. I don't think any of the offensive linemen or defensive linemen. Uh, Jordan Sanford, a four-star defensive back. Brendan Jordan, defensive back. Maybe yeah, so one of those two guys. Yeah, going back to what I was saying about how you lost your your third safety and your third corner, maybe not in a starting role, but if one of those guys proves they can be in the rotation in a five or six defensive back look on, on third and long or something, um, again, they might not carve out a starting role, but they might – Get some playing time early. Um, just for a point of emphasis, uh, we've talked about depth quite a bit. Um, quarterback right now. Sorry, let me get back to it. QRST. Um, hey, I'm getting a phone call. You take it? From you know who. Oh. <laughs> or hold on. Back. I'll call him back. Uh, he, we'll see if he calls me real quick. Okay. Uh, Baron Morton, Tyler Shuck, the two starter level right now. And then you have Jake Strong, true freshman, Cooper LeFaber, who just came back last year from Cooper um, after being somewhere else. <laughs> and then Jaden Morris, uh, the kid they signed last year. He's calling me now. <laughs> I wonder if we got a new basketball coach. So Vlad Golden... Is in the Elite Eight. Vlad Gold is in the Elite Eight. Final He's, thoughts? Uh, he looks like he also got the Steve Linton treatment. Uh, Him and Andre Savrasov. Yeah. Look absolutely ripped. We're ready for final thoughts? Yeah, let's do it. I told my wife this was going to be a, a quick episode. She was like, are you guys starting with final thoughts? <laughs> I love how she knows us. It's a good one. It's a good one, honey. Um, no football final thoughts. I just want to tell you that you're one of my best friends, and I love you, and I'm proud of you, and I have a lot of fun doing this podcast with you. Love you too, Kyle. Have fun with you as well. Love y'all. All right. <laughs>